And here we go. Welcome back to Nothing to Say, the fans podcast. We took a little bit of a, a little bit of a break. We took a week off, and I have to say that's my fault. I had drill this weekend, so we elected not to release an episode and just let episode 12.1, 12.2, and 12.3 breathe, and we're back today. We're back on Tuesday morning, just like we normally are going to be setting our episodes Tuesday morning, Saturday morning. And actually, Sam and I, for <laughs> the past week, actually, because I was so busy and he was so busy, uh, we really haven't talked to each other that much. So, Sam, dude, how was your week? I feel like I haven't talked to you at all recently. Joe, it was it was bonkers, man, at, in Eugene. It was pouring all weekend, just dumping rain. And it's, it's definitely something to get used to during the summer when it's just pouring rain. Yeah, you guys sent it our way. It actually rained today for the first time. It better not rain when I come to California. I'm really you're gonna bring it with forward. you. <laughs> I'm really the last the last couple of times I've come home, it's rained that day. You're just bring. <laughs> it's just weird. Yeah, and you know what the funny thing is, is that it was like a in the 90s yesterday, and then it was dumping this morning for a good hour. Um, I was in class, in my eight o'clock class, and about eight forty rolled around. And we got released early, and as soon as we got released, just it started pouring, pouring, and it stayed like that for about an hour, and then it was just kind of overcast the rest of the day. I love winter. Winter is my favorite time of the year. Like it's my favorite. Yeah, I think you you posted something about that, right? Yeah, dude. Any uh, any excuse uh, to wear sweatpants and a hoodie, I'm I'm all in. Yeah, you said it's super lazy. Oh, I'm all <laughs> in. I'm all in. <laughs> On wearing sweatpants and a hoodie. And actually, Jenna sent me a message after that. Who I've We've mentioned her plenty of times, but I don't know if we mentioned her by name. Jenna is Sam's girlfriend, so there, there's the official name. I don't think she's going to care. But she actually sent me a message saying, now I know why you and Sam are friends. Because you and I are all over the sweatpants. Yeah, we, we, uh, one day we just realized we were wearing the same pair. And it's like, oh, do, do we just become best friends? Absolutely. <laughs> Bonded by sweatpants. <laughs> but you know what? You know, I got to say it was kind of a crazy week, too, for me, because just getting ready for drill. And then I had drill this weekend. And drill's always kind of hit and miss. Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's boring. Today, uh, This weekend was a little mix of both. But you know what? We're uh, we're good. We're back, and we're ready to uh, to talk some sports with everybody. And we'll start it off where week two of the NFL season started off, which was in Carolina. It was the Buccaneers for the versus the Panthers. The Buccaneers ended up winning twenty to fourteen. But I remember I was teaching. Uh, I was working that night, and I was teaching a class, uh, the eight o'clock class, and I was watching the game, sort of out of the corner of my eye, and it was just it was sloppy for. For a good part of that game, I mean, it was kind of, kind of boring. The majority of the game, you know. Did you? How much of that game did you catch? Um, I think I, I watched the very beginning, and then I left to go play basketball because what that game just showed Carolina's worse than what we thought they were, and Tampa Bay's exactly what we thought they were, and they're just two bad teams. Yeah. So in terms of excitement so the first quarter was three to three 
Ooh. Right. Okay. Right. So came out came out firing, right? The end of the second quarter it was ten to nine. The end of the third quarter it was seventeen to twelve, I believe. And then it ended twenty to fourteen. Like nobody scored more than twice in one quarter. So they were just kinda tic tacking each other a little bit. Christian McCaffrey went Hit 16 carries for 37 yards, hit a 2.3 average. Not a very Christian McCaffrey-esque game. But I think – well, actually, before I get to Cam Newton, J- Jameis Winston went 16 for 25, 208 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, which is kind of a kind of a rarity for him. That's a gold star game for Jameis. Right, for Jameis, no turnovers. But I think the, uh, the biggest story coming out of that game was Cam Newton, just because – not that he threw for 333 yards but that he was 25 for 51. He was less yeah. than 50%. He was – I think Cam really showed – I don't know if he's – I don't know what the, the Carolina Panthers are doing because if – I've got to believe that Cam Newton going 25 for 51 is not because Cam just fell off a cliff skill-wise for whatever reason. That just doesn't happen. That shoulder – there's no way it's 100%. There's no way. And I I get he's probably shaking off some rust still, but I don't think rust would lead to under 50% completion, you know? If you're the owner of the Carolina Panthers, Panthers, are you thinking about looking for a quarterback in this upcoming draft? Quarterback heavy draft. Uh I, sort of. Yeah, I would. I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. If you go by the stats, Cam Newton has dig- digressed in the last three seasons, or ever since that Super Bowl run, he's gotten worse and worse and worse. Not, not crazy and fast over time, but he's actually. I think in the last two years he's tied for interceptions with Jameis Winston in the NFL. Yeah, he had the two guys playing against each other who just like to give the ball to the other team. You don't want your franchise quarterback being a guy that's tied for first interceptions over that span. You just don't want that. I mean, I like Cam. I think he's actually a good leader. I don't get why the stories are coming out that he's not a good leader, like he's separate from the team. I've never gotten that from him at, at all we don't get no. to see we don't get the privilege of seeing everything that goes on so you shouldn't just make that assumption but um like to me he's a fun guy and i can't see why he wouldn't like bring his whole team together but like just skill wise it's just weird because the biggest part of his game that made his his game so dangerous was his legs and this season he's just not running and you know what? I'll give some credence to what you were saying about that because I mentioned that the game was boring, and for the most part it was, but it got it did get interesting towards the end because Carolina was driving with under two minutes left. They actually were on the 11-yard line. It was second mm-hmm. and 10, and so they were driving. They still had a minute 38 left. It was second and 10. They threw an incomplete pass. Then it was third and 10, and then it became fourth and one. It was fourth and one on the, like, two-and-a-half-yard line. It wasn't fourth and goal. So they could have they could have done the one play that seemingly is super successful 
nowadays, especially with a player it's who's the cheat six, code. Yeah, especially with a player who's six six, like two fifty. Just that little QB sneak up the middle, which Cam has had immense success with in his oh career. My gosh. How many times have we seen him jump over the pile and then come out, do the Superman celebration, bringing that shirt apart, and then dabbing? Yeah. That was – you can make a highlight reel of how many times he's done that. Yeah, he did it all the time, and it seemed to work all the time. And right now, they're in – I mean, and during that game, it was fourth and one on the two-yard line. They could have easily just sent Cam up the middle on a cornerback sneak, but they didn't. And I think with them not doing that, I think it tells you what you need to know about Cam and his Says health so right much. now. And it, what it for those of you who didn't see the game, what they elected to do was they put Christian McCaffrey in basically shotgun. They Cam Cam was under center, but they motioned him out right, and McCaffrey stayed still. They snapped the ball to McCaffrey, and then they faked an end around, and McCaffrey got really close to the first down, actually extended for it, and from one angle, it actually looked like he got it, but there's another angle that showed that he was short, but. I think having Cam motion out right and not do that quarterback sneak really does say a lot about where he is health-wise. Which is, is that a dangerous play? As somebody the, as somebody who played quarterback before, I don't think so. I mean, but you, like, but like you're five nine, not even two hundred. We're talking about a guy that's like six four, exactly two fifty. And I'm saying that as somebody who was a smaller quarterback, I think if you're – and you're allowed to push the quarterback. Like McCaffrey can go up behind Cam and give him a boost. So I think for a guy that big, it just seemed like a no-brainer. But the fact that they didn't do it, I mean, like we mentioned, I think speaks volumes as to where he's at right now. Do you think his organism based off of that play, which is really weird that we're spending this much time on this snooze festival game, but like from – that play call, taking his health out of the question, because from all we've heard, he's healthy, and that's why he's out there. Do you think that play says more about their trust in his abilities as a quarterback to make plays, and that they'd rather put it in McCaffrey's hands more? I think it, I think that would be. I think it'd be different if it was like a fourth and ten, because. And I know it makes it would make no sense to run on a fourth and ten, but I think the fact that that wasn't necessarily a that fourth and one is not necessarily a you have to throw situation. You could justify running it, obviously. So I don't think it necessarily diminishes shows that the organization doesn't necessarily trust Cam because it's not like it's not like he couldn't have run it. It's not like he couldn't have thrown it. But I think the I, I'm just saying I think the reason why they didn't do it, they didn't like to run with Cam, is just because he's not completely healthy. I don't think it has anything to do with their trust in him because, I mean I don't know, just the eye test. It doesn't seem like that. Um, like I don't necessarily have any good reason to back that up because we don't know. Mm-hmm. But that's just my gut. That's just my gut feeling. I don't think it's a trust thing. Because if it was a trust thing, I don't think they would have had him throw the ball 51 times. You know? That was weird. I think that was a little bit of Tampa Bay stopping McCaffrey. But it was also – did you hear the comment after the game one when McCaffrey had, like, the, that insane amount of touches? Mm-hmm. When Cam was like, oh, I guess coaches 
coach has uh, McCaffrey on his fantasy team. Do you think that might have played a little bit in – because he's still the face of the franchise. Like, they still have to appease to him. And yeah. if, he's, if he's voicing that in the public, God knows what he said behind closed doors. But it's not like McCaffrey <laughs> in game one had a ton of carries. He only carried the ball 19 times. Now, granted, he had 10 receptions. But Cam's throwing in the ball. So Yeah, but those could be designed plays for could be. McCaffrey to get it. Could be. Could be. Like there's no there's no down the field presence, which I think they tried to do a little more this Thursday night game, and that's probably what resulted in. Yeah. Like, it was again, it was a little both like McCaffrey's McCaffrey in the run game wasn't working and they probably had a little more onus to get the ball in the air a little bit more. Yeah. Well clearly they threw it fifty one times. Um so we'll move on from that game. We actually spent a lot more, a lot longer on that game than I thought we were going to. Um, I'm going to go do a little rapid, uh, rapid fire real quick on uh, all the scores of the games, and then we can mm-hmm. pick, uh, pick sort of the interesting games we want to talk about. So for those of you who didn't pay any attention to week two, here were the scores: Ravens over the Cardinals, twenty-three seventeen. Lions pulled up, pulled off an upset against the Chargers, thirteen to ten. Colts won nineteen to seventeen over the Titans. The Forty ers Blew out the Bengals, 41-17. Texans narrowly pulled away with a victory over the Jaguars, 13-12. Same thing with the Packers. They beat the Vikings, 21-16. Cowboys looked phenomenal again against the Vikings, 31-21. Seahawks squeaked away with a win against the Steelers, 28-26. The Bills, Bills are 2-0, ladies and gentlemen, 28-14. They beat the Giants. The Patriots... Absolutely thunder-punched. I'm going to keep using that. Thunder-punched the Dolphins 43-0. to zero. Did you use that last week? Uh, no, I, I quoted it from uh, Trey Wingo. So it is his, but I like it so much that I just decided to use it. The all Chiefs right. decided all they needed to do was play the second quarter, and they beat the Raiders 28-10. to 10. Oops. The, yeah, the Bears <laughs> beat the Broncos 16-14. to Rams, after Drew Brees got injured, won 21-9. Falcons played the Eagles yesterday on Sunday night, and it was an absolute slugfest. Falcons came away with a victory 24-20. And the absolute snooze fest of the game tonight, which I don't think we're going to talk about, is the Browns and the Jets. The Browns yeah. are winning 23-3. Let's just get it over with now. That was all... Browns, Jets couldn't do anything, and the only significance that came from this game was when Le'Veon, who was on my fantasy team, <laughs> got it to I think like the ten yard line when it, on that on the like the last series for the Jets, and that he ended up fumbling. That pretty much sealed the the loss. For oh, I remember that. Yeah, it just kind of popped out. Which is it was a, a great run. I was like, holy cow! Like this is awesome, and then. It fumbled straight into like there was no debate that the Jets could have gotten it. It just fumbled straight into a Cleveland mm-hmm. defender. Yep, and just like popped up right into his hand. But Cleveland actually didn't look that good. Like they should have. People were saying that they were going to beat the brakes off the Jets. I mean, they that offense still doesn't look as advertised. No, and. Like we said earlier for week one, you know, it was something that I said a handful of times that I think it's going to take a while for offenses to get true to form. I think they're just working out their, the kinks right now. Maybe maybe it'll be more for them. Maybe 
like who knows but yeah no I agree with you they didn't I mean yeah they beat the Jets but also Trevor Simeon only threw six times he got injured very quickly and Luke Falk whoever that is I hadn't heard of him before until he entered into the game for the Jets, their third-string quarterback, who actually went 20 for 25 and threw for 198 yards. He threw a lot to Le'Veon. Uh, yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. Of, he threw it. Yeah, Le'Veon had uh, 10 receptions. But, yeah, the Browns the Browns didn't look phenomenal, but I guess they don't have to when you're playing the Jets and their third-string quarterback. So, I don't think any offense – you you just mentioned – early season woes for offenses. I think only the Patriots and Dallas's offense have really looked dialed in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can attest to Kansas City didn't even look like outside the second quarter didn't look like the Kansas City that we're accustomed to. Well, to, to quickly hit on the Raider game, Kansas City, they scored 28 points in the second quarter, but the Raiders shut them out in the first, third, and fourth quarter. Yeah, and to be completely honest with you, the Raiders were actually playing. They were playing really good defense. They just had, they had a couple lapses in coverage. And when you're playing against Patrick Mahomes, who can throw it literally anywhere at any time, it just can't happen because somebody, somebody, if somebody breaks away for half a second, he's going to bomb it sixty yards, and they're just going to score. And that's what happened about four times yeah. because on all four of those touchdowns that Pat threw, there was just, it seemed, especially on two of them, there was a Chiefs wide receiver just running free. The other two was a great catch by, I can't remember who the wide receiver was, and uh, it was a back shoulder throw on the left side. Was of the it field. Brandon Cooks? Um, no, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't Cooks. I think it was. Was it Woods? Or... I think it was Hardman. It might have been Hardman. Oh. It was Hardman or Robinson, one of the two. Um and then Kelsey had a really nice. Wait, oh, I don't even know why I just said two <laughs> L.A. Rams wide receivers. Oh, you did, huh? I wasn't. Even, I I didn't, <laughs> it didn't even because for some reason my mind was I had already jumped to the Rams Saints game. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I'll I'll close it with. This I don't with, know why I did that. Yeah. I'll uh I'll close it with this with the Raiders. Josh Jacobs is looking like he was uh, worthy of being a first-round pick for a running back. He had 12 carries, 99 yards, 8.2 uh, yards per carry. And Derek Carr did the one thing that he did uh, in 2016 that gave every single Raider fan a heart attack, which was die for a first down and do a front flip. He did it again this game. <laughs> so if there was any indication on if Derek Carr feels comfortable, um, I think he's comfortable. What happened with the – what's the story of the Raiders' offense? The Raiders offense, mm, you know, if I had the answer to that, I'd probably be on the coaching staff, you know. But I, re- I really don't know. It, it's They came out firing. It was 10-0 to zero in the first quarter, and then it just – I don't know. It just stalled. Derek did the, the one thing that he doesn't do that often, which was he threw interceptions. He really has done a really good job over his career at not turning the ball over. I know he had a stretch last year, uh, the very beginning where he did, but – after, like, the fourth game, he threw, like, two interceptions the rest of the year. But he really doesn't turn the ball over that much, and he threw two picks uh, yesterday. Ouch. Not yesterday, on Sunday. Ouch. So, I think they're still getting used to uh, getting used to life. I know, I know that they never played a game with A.B., but they did plan on having him there. 
So they're adjusting a little bit, and you know, hopefully, hopefully they rebound next week against the Vikings, and it'll be their first game on the road. But enough about my team. Let's talk about the team who uh, whose team actually has a chance to make the playoffs. I think, and that's your team, San Francisco Forty ers who absolutely obliterated the Bengals. Did you catch any of this game? No, I was a drill man. All right, so you can uh, you have the floor. Wow. 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 Did I not call Kyle Shanahan is a def- is an offensive genius? <laughs> have you seen? Have you at least seen the highlights? Some. So that Goodwin play, that play, pure genius. They had everyone run like a fly. Uh, what's it called? Same. Uh, yeah, seam patterns. And then Goodwin stayed, trailed back, ran through the line somehow and didn't get like through the defensive line and offensive line and then came out wide open. And credit to Jimmy G for staying in the pocket right there because he had two Bengals defenders coming right at him and was able to just lay that on it a dime right for it wide open. But that... That I credit that play more towards Kyle Shanahan's genius than Jimmy G creating anything because it was a wide open. You're pass. talking was, about the the very first touchdown of the, the game. The very right? first touchdown. Yeah, I'm watching the play right now where he's literally I'm ca- the next closest uh, Bengals player like to him is yards. about is about yeah ten. Well, on this one it's about ten. Everybody's nobody's within ten yards of good. Oh yeah, they're not even and, in the in the frame. And that's that's a that's a testament to like. Good play designs. Oh yeah, very, very much so. Uh, you could say whatever you want. Blown coverage. Like, what is Cincinnati going to do right there? As a DB, you're not trained to look <laughs> for a, a wideout in the like on the line like that. You know. <laughs> yeah. So that was that. It, it just they looked like they were scoring so easy. Yeah, their second touchdown of the drive. game was a uh, was just a little screen pass. Yep. And it was about uh, it was about forty Moster. yards. Just a forty yard screen pass. Yeah, to Moster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just absolutely ran right through the defense. It was it, he basically walked in. No, they they looked really good, and that their defense played really well against Andy Dalton, who's actually been slinging it this through the first part of this year. Yeah, he actually has been. Yeah, they played really well. Yeah, and you know what? I think you can make an argument right now that uh, uh, the NFC West. Uh, might be, might be the best division right now, just because of the Rams, the Niners, and the Seahawks. First of the, all, no other division has three two and teams. And the Cardinals have actually been playing pretty tough. Yeah, they've had some really, two. they've had some really close games. Um, I mean, obviously they have the tie, and then they barely lost to the Ravens. It was twenty three to seventeen. So, you know, they'll get a win here eventually. Kyler's going to squeak one out well, one of these times. But I think you can make a you could definitely make an argument that they're the best division right now. And to play devil's advocate, Seattle is two and zero, but they could easily be zero and two. They want they beat the Bengals by one, and they beat Pittsburgh by two. So <laughs> yeah, they're as, flirting with danger right just now. Just as easily that they they are two and zero, they could easily have been zero and two. And um, the Rams the Rams look like business as usual, too. Yeah. I'm gonna go. The, I'm gonna flip this question on you real quick. Yeah, what's up? So if we say the NFC West is the best division of football right now, which one's the worst? Uh oh, outside of the AFC East, right? Because that's the obvious one. The AFC East with the Bills, Dolphins, and Jets. Well, the Bills are two and zero. The Patriots are two and zero. But 
Dolphins and Jets. And the Bills, what, they beat the Jets and the Giants. Are we really we really going to? Hey, hey, you never know. They can only play the teams that they face, you know. Um, oof. Who's the worst division? The worst division. It's tough because Okay, I'm between the AFC North and the AFC Is it South with with Titans? the Colts? Colts. Yeah. I'm, I like your AFC North thing. I was kind of leaning towards that, too, especially now that – so for those of you who don't know, the AFC North is the Steelers, Bengals, Browns, Ravens. The Ravens right now look like an absolutely complete team on every, oh, yeah. on every phase, offense, defense. The Ravens look solid. Big Ben's gone for the season, so count the Steelers out. The Bengals – the Bengals have played they, – they played the Seahawks really tough, but they got thumped by the Niners. And the Browns, I don't it's, think anybody really yeah. knows what the Browns are right now. They're just going to lose a bunch, a couple games in this early part to try to when they're trying to figure it out. And it's just going to put them behind the eight ball. Yeah. And they're, such, they're just such a young team. Like, you need to know how to win yeah, they, in the NFL. They really dug themselves into a hole this year. And it really wasn't the players – who were hyping them up. It was really the media, but the players didn't do anything to say, whoa, 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 like, let's pump the brakes. They didn't do themselves any favors. And I think with all the expectations that were put on the Browns, I think there's more an added pressure in that organization right now to win. But to go back to what you were saying, the team's young. And I don't know. I mean, I understand that that team is loaded, but, you know, just like the Kings last year, nobody – Nobody should really have expected the Browns to do much this year because it was their first year collectively all together, mm-hmm. and they're young. And it was the same things with the Kings last year, and it was the same question that people asked me about the Raiders when the Raiders were doing poorly last year when John Gruden first got hired. I was like, well, what do you expect? It's his first year. Everybody's learning something new. And right now the Browns are learning something new. They're learning how to play with each other. And Yeah. I know you and I kind of hopped on the bandwagon a little bit early, but it's not like – I mean, we picked them to, to make the playoffs. I didn't. Okay, I picked them to play, make, <laughs> make the playoffs. But you and I both said that they were going to be good. I thought they would be, yeah. Yeah, but um... – So I'm going to read you their upcoming schedule. Mm-hmm. And I just want to make a note of this. They have so many personalities on that team. I think losing magnifies all those personalities so much more – for this team, you know, more than any other yeah. team. Cause they're, they have the expectations that we've all, and you know, they ha- have expectations for themselves too. Absolutely. Like o- Odell wants to make the playoffs after not making the playoffs in New York for so long. 100%. Baker wants to, Jarvis wants to, all those guys want to. So they have the Rams upcoming tough game. Then they go to Baltimore. Yeah. Then and to San Francisco, mm-hmm. then they get Seattle, and then they have to go to Foxborough. Yeah, they could legitimately start out zero and seven. They could. Well, they they won. Oh, tonight. I'm sorry, one and six. My they bad. could go one and six, and for a team with all of those personalities that has the expectations to start one and six, ugh, that could tear them apart before they even get going. Yeah, and it's not their fault. It's just a hard schedule. Yeah, but, like I, they're. I don't think them. I don't think they're going to beat the Rams. I know they're at home. Going to Baltimore right now seems like an impossible task. 
going to San Francisco seems like an impossible test too. Uh, I won't say impossible because I'm not uh, a fan of their team, but at least right now it definitely seems uh, seems like that would be. Yo, if Jimmy G plays like he did pretty today, hard. Though. Jimmy G played really, Ooh. and he didn't play today. He played on Sunday. Oh man, this <laughs> <laughs> all good. You caught me. I caught you. Oh man. Uh, but the Seahawks game. That's a toss up. But Seahawks right now, tough. it seems like I just I do I just think the Seahawks are going to win, and the the Patriots are probably going to steamroll them. Bump. Oh gosh. Denver, Denver. Yeah, they I have don't an know. easy schedule after that. To be honest, yeah, they go of, Denver, uh, Bills, Steelers, Dolphins, Steelers, Bengals, Cardinals. They hit the Ravens in the bank. Yeah, it's their first half of that schedule. That's like, really they might go nine and seven. Yeah, or eight and eight. And you'll look. We'll look at the the Titans game. That's a winnable game. Yeah, I know. I know it. It doesn't look like it now because they got destroyed. But that should have been a winnable game, and they could have. That might have been their playoff soaps right there. Yeah, and who knows if that was more of the Titans playing out of their mind, or if it was the Browns playing subpar. I think we'll know more so as the season gets going because the Titans just lost to the Colts. Yeah, tough. That's a tough loss. I know, especially after coming off of that beatdown that they put on the Browns. In in Tennessee, to give away a home divisional rival game, that's those are so important. Yeah, that's rough. And speaking of divisional games, you know who put themselves in a very good position this uh, past weekend was the Packers because uh, in their first two games, they beat the Bears and they beat the Vikings. So that's two division uh, opponents that they beat. So they not only are 2-0, but they're 2-0 in the division. And they... They've gotten the luxury of both the Vikings and Chicago, I think, have missed opportunities to beat this Green Bay team. Yeah. So everyone will look to Green Bay going, I think they started 21-0 to zero in this game. I think. Uh, let me check that real quick. Something it was, like that. They were, it was a big lead, right? Uh, yeah, it was 14-0 uh, in the first quarter, and then the Vikings scored 10, and then Packers scored 7. So, yeah, it could have been 21-0. I don't have the minute by minute. But. So they were, up, they were up big, right? Yeah. And their offense was looking great. Everyone was saying, oh, my gosh, Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur, it's working. All of a sudden, it wasn't. It wasn't, yeah. And if you're Minnesota – in Green Bay, and they only put up 21, you should be able to match that. With all the weapons they have, Dalvin Cook looks like one of the best running backs in the league. They have Stefan Diggs yeah. and Adam Thielen. Yeah. And then Chicago, we already talked about that last year. That was a huge opportunity for them to get a win over Green Bay. So Green Bay hasn't – they've looked good for one half. Pretty much. Of this season, and they're 2-0 and with two divisional wins. That's huge for them. Yeah. And you 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 only think that they're going to get better as the season goes on. As uh, oh, of course, as Aaron Rodgers and Matt Lafleur start to get to get a better working relationship with each other. So um, we're going to round off this episode, uh, which is thirteen point one, I believe. We're at episode thirteen, right? We're at thirteen. Yeah. This is thirteen. Yeah. Oh man, gosh, we're just moving along. We're going to continue a little bit of sports talk on thirteen point two, but we're also going to. Uh, we're also going to uh, deviate a little bit. We'll figure out where it goes. That's a little bit of a tease. Stay tuned, and we'll see you guys on 13.2.